At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and tonight we are live for episode 63. We have an amazing guest on the show tonight. He is a Twitch streamer, a streamer for Masanko HA Clan. I hope I pronounced that right. His name is Schlumped, and we're inviting him on the show tonight. We're going to learn much more about Schlumped, who he is, what he does in our community, and we're going to discuss the latest developer update talking about rewards by Joe Blackburn, who is now the associate director of Destiny 2 Beyond Light. We're going to dive into so many things tonight. And first off, Schlumped, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Such a pleasure to have you on with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's uh, my first podcast, so I'm pretty excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And we're going to make you feel right at home. We also have my co-host, Shadow Price. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, doing pretty good. Um, you know, they, as you could you know, tell, we didn't have a show on Thursday because just so many things happened at once. You know, it's like you had a problem with your Internet because you were trying to download Cyberpunk. And, and Shadow Price, you know, what did you do on Thursday? I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Oh, just I, I wasn't here. I took a little uh, i took a little trip you know took a little trip okay so during covid um, uh and where'd you go i I went to somewhere in western new york i'm not gonna say you know don't give me the exact location but you know like do you have some details you want to share anything you know yeah (laughs) just kind of you know went and had mexican food that night um had ate it in a camper with a um what was it like kind of like a one of those lantern like pro, propane lantern things uh-huh. and that that, that kind of like took the place of a candlelight in a way um and listen to tool music in the background so it was kind of like the perfect like date in a way 
Oh, um, okay. See, so, we were kind yeah. of we were going around the the whole thing. I was trying to get you to share. You know, you went on a date, but you were yeah. pretty much sharing everything around that topic. Yeah. So you yeah. had a date and then had a go. It went pretty good. I mean, it was all right. Um, okay. But uh, yeah. So I mean, the game awards happened too, like that night, and it was just kind of like. You know, and then obviously that we got that update from Joey B. And uh, yeah, so it's been a pretty, pretty busy week. And, there, you know, so but yeah, special time here podcasting for y'all and uh, happy to be here. Yeah. The Game Awards, man, that was a that was a long show. Yeah, it's always a long show. It feels like Jeff really Keeley really knows how to like you know let yeah it does as much as we do apparently. No, but he puts on a really good show. Like you really oh like the gosh. production, the production quality is is really really top notch. Um, like the setup, the stage that he has it on. You know, he's able to get all this star talent. You know, too to come and like you present reward awards and things like Brie Larson. And, you know, uh, who else was on there? Stephen A. Smith from, uh, first take and, Reggie. uh, Reggie. Yep. Good old Reggie and Christopher Nolan. And, you know, just like tons of like, you know, stars that he, you know, and that's how it is. You know, Jeff is like, he likes to, you know, video games are so mainstream now. Like, this is the biggest form of uh, entertainment in the world. They, you know, kind of like games in Hollywood kind of like, you know, they mix now, you know, because it's like these games are just larger than life. Some of them, you know, games are bigger than movies. You know, I it's think just video like, games are, are the most interactive form of media that we have. And for sure. Yeah, we kind of, you know, and even like they had an award that was presented to uh, this developer who created a game that was approved by the FDA to like treat conditions, which is really interesting to see that video games can have such a large impact, not only for the entertainment value, but also to help better mankind and to heal people who are sick. And, you know, especially this year, we're realizing how important video games are when we had lockdowns and we couldn't really go places. And uh, for a while, the Nintendo Switch was barely available anywhere because everybody and their grandmother was buying one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and now that was like that with and the Series X, you know. Yeah, but like, those are just scalpers because I feel like the scalpers get about 80 to 90% of the consoles. And then we have like a few people out there like us who. Well, the, I mean, they're still just one. not able to produce enough of them, though, at yeah. the end of the day. You know, I mean, it's like you can't just walk in the store and buy one right now. You know, you, you got to basically be in a queue for like an hour and to just get lucky to get a chance at one right now so only to be lucky to spend five hundred dollars on a console yeah <laughs> it's an amazing concept now on the topic of next gen consoles schlumped do you have the xbox series x or the playstation 5 are you uh wh where do you game normally i have a game on the pc i haven't had a console uh probably since actually destiny 
Um, I gave away all my consoles to my friends when uh, I got my PC, and like I guy. haven't looked back. What a guy! That's awesome. Now, where did you start your Destiny journey? Did you start it on Xbox or PlayStation? Oh, Xbox. Some way I'm an Xbox okay. fan, you know. Okay. Yeah, same. We we started on Xbox, and then we got so frustrated because of the party system that we switched to PlayStation. Yeah, party system wasn't the best. <laughs> well, it wasn't just the party system. It was the actual console itself. You would put the game in, and it wouldn't recognize it half the time. And then it would just shut off, like you know out of the blue you would play in a game and just boom just cut you know power would just go out on the console and you try to turn it back on and half the time it will work and half the time it wouldn't <laughs> grand opening grand closing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i mean that those first runs of those xbox ones were a little uh you know they were a little Rough around the edges too yeah that's like the 360 you know the red ring of death yep that was always the plague mm-hmm so that's what that happened to me once was uh yeah it was on my very first one too and i was so sad because like you know you get it you're excited to play it then like you know a few weeks later you get the red ring and you're like well you either send it in or you get a new one and like sending it in oh, yeah. takes just as long to like you know get it back and it's just like it's not even worth the time at the time yeah i remember that i had i had a red ring at f uh one of my consoles did one of my 360s and i sent it in and i would you know i got one back like i think it was three weeks later yeah. three weeks wow that's yeah. that's a long time to not have video games now what what did you do during that three week period i think i had a ds i was playing my ds at the time if wow. i'm not mistaken okay i had a ds and i think i had a gamecube so i was kind of just i didn't get gamecube oh and a ps2 yeah at the time oh man you got all the consoles oh no yeah, but that's then, and, then, and then i sold them but now i have a bunch of them back because you know i i, I bought all the ones back that i wanted he you know, realized his mistake. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. So, Guardians, we're going to put Schlumped on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. So, Schlumped, I hope you're ready. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, go for it. What do you do in the Destiny community, and how did you get started? Uh, I mean, I started in Destiny 1 beta, and then I played... Yeah, on Xbox. And then I went all the way up until Taken King. And then I think I stopped right there. Like, you guys remember when No, uh, no Land Beyond came out? And like yeah. how that was like, you know, a wildfire, but I started using it, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think I stopped right there. And then like after that, it's just like a like a period of like, I don't know, like blank. I didn't really do anything. And I was just working. And then Destiny 2 came out and I got my, you know, my first PC. And I was like, you know, I was like so excited to get back into Destiny. And I was so excited that it came on PC. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much where I got started. I've been playing ever since, you know, D1 Alpha, not D1 Alpha, but D2 Alpha and all that. So it's been oh, wow. a you long journey. Alpha of Destiny 2? Yeah. Alpha, Alpha, Beta. It, it was one. No, 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 not the, not, not the Alpha. It was the Beta. Yeah, it was the Beta because... I think the map that I played was Jav. I think that was the only map that you could play was Jav 4 at the time. Oh, yeah, Javelin. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I forget the weapons, but I think Better Devils was in there. You had the Scout Rifle. I forget what it's called. It's been so long. But, like, the Scout Rifles on the beta were just absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, yeah. But, yeah. 
that's pretty much how I uh, started. I'm a PvP main, so like PvE, I don't. What's funny is like in Destiny One, I loved PvE, I loved raiding, and then Destiny Two came out, and like I just it it just didn't feel the same, and so I just gravitated more towards PvP, and like that's just where I kind of stay at now. But yeah, that's pretty much my uh, backstory. I was primarily a PvE player, but I mean, I dabbled with PvP, you know, and I think I play a lot more PvP now than I did back then. Um, I feel like it's a, uh, I feel like it's a lot more, I gotta say friendly, but a lot easier to get into PvP now. Like they made, they make it a lot easier to get into it, especially with like all the different players that you can play. Um, you know what's really interesting? With Beyond Light, I feel like I've been playing a lot more comp, whereas before, I did not like comp. I mean, you can ask Shadow Price. He would try to get me to play comp, and I would be like, no, I'm not doing this. Oh, yeah, certain seasons were pretty bad. Like, I remember season three when Redrix was the weapon to get in comp. It was just, like, nobody was ever in there, and so you'd play the same four or five people every single time. Yeah. You just played the and, sweat lords. <laughs> and like, you know, everybody knew each other. And it's just like, there, there was no like fresh blood. There was like nobody else in there. Because I think that's because, you know, everybody was so obsessed with like the PvE side. The PvP was just kind of put on the back hold of everything. Yeah. yeah like every, every other season has been like, either really good or really bad, just depending on how like the player base reacts to it. Yeah, I feel like in past seasons with PvP, you know, the matchmaking was a little rough because I would get matched up against people who are just like a hundred times better than me. Mm-hmm. And if you don't stand a shot to get even one kill, it's, you know, it, it kills the fun. You know, I mean, yes, get better. I get it, GG. But at the same <laughs> time, if all I do is get killed, it's frustrating. You know, and if you lose 10 matches in a row... It becomes an experience that is just kind of not fun. And I think that's what happened in past seasons. And it's funny because now I feel like regular PvP is sweatier than comp because I would play comp and I'm like, wow, I'm I'm doing really good. I'm actually going positive. It is. You know why? Because there's nothing to chase in, um, you know, uh, comp. Yeah, they, yeah, there's nothing... Like the last weapon to actually chase in comp, I feel like is a uh, revoker. Like that was probably like the bat, like last good gun to get from comp. And like after that, like it just went downhill. Like I mean, when not forgotten, when not forgotten was the go-to gun during a uh, forsaken comp was just filled, and that's probably the best that comp has ever been. Um, like yeah, it was hard to get to fifty-five hundred, but when you got there and you got your not forgotten. It felt so rewarding because you know you put in the time and effort to get it, and like when you actually got to use it, uh, like it's just it felt so good. When it was a one eighty, oh my god, that thing was not. Yes, it was, uh, and now it's butchered, and I'm sad. Yeah, yeah, I got mine late, and unfortunately, right before the Beyond Light came out. Um, so I got literally the version. (laughs) Yeah, well, because it was a it was a personal goal of mine. I was like, I want to, I want to get it. I want to get it done. And now they sell it at the kiosk in the tower. Yeah, that's like a slap in the face. Like, yeah, the amount of like games and hours that you had to put into to get to fifty five hundred when it like first came out. Because I didn't know about it. Um, I knew about Luna's How, but I didn't know about Not Forgotten. And like, I used Luna's How for 
I don't know, I think I have like almost 5,000 kills on it. And then I was like, oh, I didn't even know Not For Gun existed until I got killed by it. And I was like, oh, what's this? And I was yeah. like, oh, I, I, got, I actually have to go back into comp and get that because like, had way more range and like back then range was everything so if you had more range you would just outgun everybody right yeah i got the not forgotten but i pretty much got carried by reb thanks reb hey i, I had Man. a few kills i had a few moments of you so know, i mean as long as you have fun like it doesn't matter because at the end of the day it's just a game you know like you're there, there were fun. a couple of plays when it was like shit everybody else is dead and i'm the only one mm-hmm. alive and your hands Trust are shaking, your hands are shaking, you're sweating. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and I stepped it up. I had I have my moments of greatness. And you can ask Shadow Price. We've played comp before, we've played trials before. Something clicks sometimes. Whereas normally, I mean, if you look at my KD, trash. Uh-huh. Like if I go on LFG, I will not find a group. They're gonna look at my raid report or whatever the PvP report. And be like, no, we're not going to play with this guy. He sucks. But um, I, I have my moments. I do. It's not often. It's been happening a lot more in Beyond Light. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better, I feel like. Well, I feel like uh, Stasis has done that. I feel like Stasis has put almost everybody on, like, a, an equal playing field. Positioning is huge right now um, because of Stasis. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I I like stasis and PVE in PvP. Yep. I feel like mm-hmm. it needs to go. Because like think about it. If I have that stasis grenade, it doesn't yep. help me. It actually prevents me from seeing the enemy. Well, which one though? Are you talking about the wall? You talking about the you talking about the huge wall that you can throw up in front of you? Yeah, it's just like what is that? It doesn't help well, I mean- me. It you get that shatter dive. You throw a grenade at him, and then you shatter him. Like that's yeah, like, I mean you can do that. Yeah. I use it to uh, like if there's a like a sniper lane, and I know they're peeking me, I'll just throw that out there, and I can slide behind that, and then like you know get a different angle. Or I mean, there's you can throw it on top of a wall and sit on top of the wall, and they won't expect it, and you know you can drop down and kill them, you know, shoddy them or something. Like there's so many benefits to it, and like at first, you know, I didn't like it. Until I got, you know, used to, you know, actually using it. And it's like, it's actually pretty fun. Man, I have so much to learn. This is why. <laughs> See? So it, it, it well, takes a minute. But, I gotta yeah. ask. Tell us so, about the Masanko clan and how you got involved with that. So Masanko, that was like a, uh, my friend Pitch and Cubed were in there. Um they told me that I should join and I, I considered it. And then, uh, cause I, I, I'm normally clanless because like, I feel like clans bring a lot of drama nowadays. And like, you know, I'm, I'm too old for drama. Like I'm not, I don't like being involved in drama, but they were in it and I'm good friends with his clan before. Um, I'm good friends with cube and, uh, they told me it's not like that. And, you know, I joined and they're, it's really welcoming. Um, we're actually doing a lot of big things like behind the scenes that I can't talk about. Um, cause I thought it was just gonna be a regular little clan, but like rebuking and like a lot of people in there are like, you know, trying to make it into an organization that, you know, represents not only destiny, but other games as well. And we're trying to branch out, but, uh, that's pretty much it. Just, you know, two friends invited me and that's how it started. I've only been in there. I think maybe a month, month and a half, maybe. And, uh, done some pretty big things. 
Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for them. We're uh, yeah, on Reb, the come up. Reb is a good dude. We we had him on the show a while ago. I feel like it, it's been a minute. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know he had like. So I'm I'm kind of disconnected a lot from uh, the community because I've always been like a lone wolf type person. Like I don't really like hit up a lot of people because I feel like I know him or something. But like. I didn't know who Red was at first, and then I got in, I got to know him, and I didn't know, like, he just had all these connections. I was like, who is this guy? And, like, apparently, you know, he's had all these connections since, like, D1 yeah, days and all that. He's got connections to Drewski, he's got connections to Cammy, to, like, he's got con- a lot yeah. of people, and so it's like, it's yeah. nice having, any the, the dude is so welcoming and down-to-earth, like, he's a really good person to, like, talk to. He's just, he supports everybody. Like, he wants everybody to, you know, to succeed and it's it's kind of rare to find somebody like that nowadays i feel like and it's just nice to be like reassured that that whatever you're doing your clanmates your friends are there to back you up and like help support you and that's what masenko is about is like if you come in and you want to grind and you know what you need to put the effort in they're gonna support you they're gonna make sure you get to where you want to go that's awesome yeah. yeah reb's a good guy he you know he's grown a lot in the community since we first met i've known him for at least a year now and you oh know, wow he's done some really great things in the community so i'm definitely proud of him he's come a long way and he's a really great crucible player um if it wasn't for reb i would not get happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he, he so helped me with shout uh, outs to reb luna's howl i believe in recluse yeah. um back in the day yeah i forgot all about recluse I forgot that gun because like, it's I been used- it's been so long. Yeah, it has. It's been a minute <laughs> for sure. Like, I don't I don't like the meadow mountaintop and recluse. I do not want to relive that meta ever again. Like yeah, that. I don't. I'm glad it's not in crucible right now. <laughs> like I'm just yeah, that's that's one season that I just I mean, I, I had fun and you could play around it, but just, you know, getting splash damage by mountain top and then just getting recluse. It's just like, all right, dude. Yeah. Like I see where you it, it, take, it takes like zero skill to do that. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> so it takes zero skill to float up in the air as a warlock and then just shoot the yeah. top down. <laughs> but Hey, you know, I'm not going to knock people's play stuff. I used to be that type of way, but it's like at the end of the game, it's a game, you know, people are going to play the way they want to play. And it's just like, all right, I'll just, you know, deal with it. Try to adapt, right? At the time, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That, that's all you can do is adapt to, you know. That's same. And now we stasis. have like a new meta, basically. Yeah, you know, it's like with stasis, and people are seem to gravitate to a lot of I don't know pulse rifles and ace of spades. Like obviously, ace is back. Are, yeah. Yes, really. I love Ace. Um, 120s, I think. Yeah, Hawk yeah Moon, Sturm. I've been using Sturm. Um, Sturm and Drang feels actually Hawk pretty Moon, nice. Moon, it feels amazing. I use controller on PC. I know that's not like, you know, everybody. <laughs> no like, shame here. People, yeah, really? like not a lot of people like, you know, controllers on PC, but it's whatever. But controller just could, feels so good. Yeah, I've played, you know, I've had a, I've been playing with a controller since, I don't know, uh, Nintendo 64. So it's like, it's just, you know, and like, this is the only FPS I play on PC. So it's like, I really don't see the reason to switch, you know, like if this is the only shooting game I'm going to play, like, it's just, you know, whatever. So yeah, like Hawkmoon, when Hawkmoon came out, that's probably the best feeling hand cannon 
for controller players that are crimson but 120s man 120s are just they're they're so dominant right now and like if you get have you have one with swashbuckler or rampage you can just go on a literally a rampage like just two tapping with one stack it's absolutely ridiculous so that steady hand is probably good. yeah you guys want to get that role. as well because uh they got rid of true prophecy in the loot pool so that is the only 120 that you can get right now yeah which makes no sense they they buffed the 110s to 120s and then they got rid of you know they sunsetted duke which is you know duke's probably my favorite 120 prophecy came out which has overflow which is really good with rampage because yeah i think you can get up to like 24 bullets and a 120 with rampage and you can just you know two tap with one stack and then uh steady hand they have some it has some good perks it's probably the best as far as uh consistency because you can get more uh stability on it so it's more consistent especially on controller but yeah if you guys don't have a steady hand from iron banner i'd recommend you go and get one i got one but had a trash roll on it so i'll probably play a little bit more later or tomorrow to try to get a better one um so so slumped what are your thoughts on the current state of destiny 2 with beyond light well coming from a pvp side right now i think the gunplay is probably the best it's ever been in um snipers feel amazing at first, I wasn't like I since I'm a sniper main, the changes to snipers, you know, I was kind of upset with. But at the same time, that it needed it, it needed something to change because they were overbearing, extremely powerful. Um, yeah, I'm I have used to it. I'm, 600 kills with um, uh, what's that one? <laughs> wow, what? Um, the one in the primary slot. Um, Revoker. Yeah, Revoker. For some reason, I was blinking. Yeah, I have like twenty six hundred kills with Revoker in PvP. Yeah, Revokers, it's they're very, it's very forgiving. Um, but yeah. this nerf, I feel like you actually have to be on you know the person's head, which is how it should be. You know, if you're good at sniping, this patch or the update really won't affect you as much, but you'll notice like your accuracy will go down. Like shots that you would have hit before Beyond Light, you won't hit in Beyond Light because you know the aim assist values. And all that. Um, or flinch, I feel like too, a little bit. Flinch, yeah, flinch is up there. I feel like flinch is major right now, which I think should be a thing. Mm. So you want to run on flinching if you, uh, if all possible. I'm one. Yeah, you. that's if you're one of those snipers I've, that sits and like actually scopes down a lane. I don't tend to do that. I'm more of like a on the go. Yeah, yeah I'm, like I, I'm, I'm on the go. So, like, I don't really need unflinching because I'm not aiming down a lane for, like, you know, a minute. I'm, I'm on the like, go 24 like seven. Sl- slide sniping and stuff like yes. that. Yeah. Yes. Um, but other than, like, like, that, I feel like the gunplay is the best it's at, it has been, even past Forsaken, because I know people hold Forsaken to a very high standard when it comes to gunplay. Um, but I feel like this right now, everything just feels balanced i mean in my opinion i don't i 120 is annoying me but i feel like they're you can counter them because they're slow right and you have to play to it if you know if you know someone just got a kill with a 120 then they have rampages and don't peek because then you'll just get two tapped i feel like right now 
everything feels like where it should be. Like it just feels so nice. Yeah, I can see that. PVE, I I I don't know anything about PVE. I don't know like the current meta for weapons or anything on PVE. Maybe like Wither Horde and a sword. I know swords are extremely strong in PVE. I think they'll probably get a nerf here soon because they absolutely delete bosses. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Oh man, I think you're missing out because this season, I think when it comes to PVE, like yeah, the weapons feel overpowered, like the lament. That's a oh, really yeah. heavy weapon. I, mean, I still haven't even gotten that. It's everything. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it doesn't bother me that it is overpowered because at the same time, I feel like that's what the game is at its core. It, it allows for you to live your power, power fantasy. fantasy. Right? So there's nothing wrong with you being able to take out a PvE boss. I mean... You still have to earn the weapon, you know, you mm-hmm. still get it. And once you do, I mean, yeah, I think it's a little overpowered, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that this isn't a competitive game when it comes to the PvE or even PvP for that matter. I don't think Destiny is an esports type of game and probably it never will be. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, for sure. There's a place for it. Because I would much rather have the game be a power fantasy than be a competitive game. To me, you know, I'm not a really competitive player when it comes to video games. I don't really do any types of esports. So for me, I think that this is kind of a really fun time. And not only that, but I think the the new destination that we got with Europa, I think it's really cool. And I think there are some really cool elements to it that make this a very unique expansion. Now, I want more. I definitely want more. I wish the story was larger in scope and size. But at the same time, I think it's kind of like a short and sweet story with a lot of extra. There's a lot of stuff to do after you beat the game there's you know a lot of weapons to chase you have the master nightmare hunts and a lot of a lot of really fun stuff and the raid the raid is kind of fun too i've been yeah i haven't i haven't touched foot in that raid raid? oh man the most pve i've done so far was getting cloud strike like that took me 40 hunts to get and i was like that's really Oh wow! Yes, it took me. It took me so long to get it, and so like I, I'm capped out for PVE right now. Like I'm capped out for like a year and a half. What about the? Um, do you like what about the solo lost sectors? Did you uh, do any of the uh, legend lost sectors? Solo? Oh no, there was. There's. I just. I just hit twelve fifty. If that tells you anything, like I, I have oh, not okay. touched any lost sectors. Like PVE, I don't know. I don't know what it is about PVE. I just can't. I can't get into it now. Like in Destiny One. I loved PvE. I raided, you know, well, I was in Vault of Glass for hours upon hours. I was in, uh, what is it, uh, Kingsfall? Yeah. Uh, hours upon hours. Like, I was in those raids for hours, but now it's just like I, I'm just more focused on PvP next. I get like a little bit more of a rush, you know? It takes me back to like, like, yeah, Destiny 1 had the, I would say, the most memorable uh, raids, you know, like, you know, just like those encounters. 
those bosses just being in there you know it's like the weapons of vog mm-hmm. of uh wrath of the machine you know crota's end king's yeah, fall didn't weapons, have the greatest weapons but you know it was uh yeah the weapons i feel like were just extremely better back then when you did high-end content you got high-end rewards i just feel like right now they're not up to par with that maybe like last wish um because i know uh a lot of weapons from last wish were pretty good supremacy like supremacy from there yeah supremacy that's a good sniper um the 140 from there is actually pretty good um i don't know i just feel like they're missing on like because i mean if you compare like you know loot from like world of glass or something you know fate bringer everybody talks about fate bringer like to this day because it's just one of those guns that was it was just such a staple within the community and the good thing is is it looks like we will be getting those vog weapons back when they are bringing yeah so so it's like hey bringers coming back home so that's what it's just one of those things where i feel like they're just like the raids are amazing in destiny 2 like i like the creativity even though i don't really spend that much time i think i've maybe done maybe a total of like 20 raid clears since Destiny 2 dropped. Um, There's a really good hand cannon in the raid, though, called Posterity. Yeah, I was looking at that. It's a 180, too, so it's, like, it's really nice. It's, um, uh, you can get good rolls on it. Yeah, I was watching uh, Drewski's video on it, and, uh, because he has, he has probably the guy, like, the perfect role. I think he has, like, small bore, accurized, range masterwork, uh, killing went rampage, and so he can, he can, I think if he's powered by light, he can two tap because it'll do like 96 to the head with full rampage stacks. So it's like, yeah, you, there's oh, a yeah. lot of like customization that you can do with, you know, the weapons nowadays. Yeah. And the exotic from the raid is also nuts too. The, like, the rocket launcher, the eyes of tomorrow. Yeah. I have not gotten like, that yet. I haven't either, but it looks really cool. So yeah. have to go back in there again pretty soon here. Yeah, lots to do. That's exciting when there's actual stuff to t- chase in the game. And, but still, uh, there's not enough loot, though. And that has, you know, <laughs> yeah. the reason for uh, Joey B's uh, rewards update, you know, so. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But before we do, we have some more questions for Schlumped. And the next question we have for you is if Bungie could bring back any content from Destiny's past, what should they bring back and why? They're they're already bringing it back and it's all the glass. That's okay. That 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 for me besides personally, Volta that is besides Volta huh? Besides oh, uh, besides Volta glass, oh, crucible maps. Oh my god. Uh they brought back tons of uh D1 maps. I mean, I, I wouldn't say tons, but they brought back a lot of the earth ones, you know. I, I would have to look back at the pvp maps if they ever brought back first light i would be so happy that was probably one of my favorite d1 maps just because from a sniping standpoint i just loved being out there um, you know which one i liked i liked asylum for some reason see, I, liked- I didn't like asylum everybody loved asylum and i just didn't like it felt cluttered yeah. to me like x yeah, is blue like if you guys play exodus blue it's just like there's legos everywhere that yeah yeah I it just feels so clustered and i don't i don't like being clustered what about um, Blind Watch? How'd you feel about Blind Watch? Blind Watch, is that the one? That's a Mars map, right? That's the Mars one, yeah. yeah. And that's the one where um, they actually like nerfed the map because they had that window that you could snipe from and they closed it. 
I think so, so. Yeah. 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 That's one of my yeah, That's one of my favorite D one maps. I like um, that map too. Actually, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of D one maps. I have to go back and look at them. But PVE wise, if we're not, if I mean, if we're gonna talk PVE, they they bring back King's Fall. Like if they ever did, um, I think that because you can't really bring back Crota. He already came back, um, in some shape. But like if you brought back King's Fall, I think that would be pretty cool. I mean, playing King's Fall on Destiny two with you know sixty plus frames, I think that would just that'd be insane. I think King's Fall and Wrath of the Machine will both come back. Machine back. See, like, I didn't. Pl- that, that's where I stopped. See, I didn't play Wrath of the Machine. Because, Wrath of the uh, Machine is such a good raid. It's such a good raid. It's it's so fun too. It's a fun raid. I would say it's it's my second favorite raid. Like Vogue's my favorite, and then Wrath is my second favorite. Now, like weapons, like if they're gonna bring back any weapons, um, I don't want No Land Beyond. I think that's. I, a lot of like PvP players want that back. I don't personally. I don't really want to like you know want people just running around. And we are we kind of already have it with Arbalist in a way. Arbalist mm-hmm. kind of fills that role to begin with. Um, for PvP weapons, I know a lot of people want Thousand Yard Stare as a sniper. Um, the Matador for the shotgun. Um, what else? Exotics. Do I? Oh, Vexmith the class. I remember when that dropped. Oh my god, I got it like three days before like they patched it, and it just—it was just so funny. Like it, you would three tap people, and they would just get deleted. It kind of reminded me of uh, you guys remember when uh, Prometheus lens dropped? Yeah, yeah. Yes, that was one of my favorite times in Destiny. It was just going around laser tagging people, and it's yeah. actually one of my favorite guns, like Prometheus lens. I I, I like. Uh, what are they called? Uh, trace rifles. Yes, trace rifles. And like, if they made a stasis type trace rifle where you not you don't get frozen, but you get slowed the more it's on you, I think that'd be so cool. Oh yeah, I would love to see more stasis weapons for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I I think they're going to bring a lot of things back, especially with the seasons that we're going to be getting in the game. And uh, with the Destiny content vault, that brings a lot of opportunities for them to bring back a lot of things that just they missed out on in Destiny 2. And it'll give a lot of players the opportunity to not only relive some of the moments that we had back in Destiny 1, but for a lot of the new players who never experienced this content, they'll get a chance to really experience it in the way that it was truly meant to be experienced. 60 frames plus. We have the new consoles that are out, and uh, it's it's exciting. I'm excited about it. For sure. I'm glad for the uh, the console update and then cross-play. I think that's going to be huge. Um, oh, being yeah. able to... Uh, I was watching Wella's video, and he was talking about it, and uh, he pretty much nailed it, like bringing in more people from console to pc or just like in general is just gonna make the game so much better there's just gonna be so much more interaction reconnecting and, like, with people too you know like that as well we haven't played with in years you know just all of a sudden that we are able to play with those people again once crossplay is fully integrated you know so, so i'm happy for it mm-hmm. so slumped as a content creator in the world of destiny what were some important lessons that you learned 
from your time in the Destiny community? Um, important lessons. Using your platform, or using your voice rather, and speaking up on things that should be spoken upon. Um, I feel like if you have a large platform and you have a large voice, you should definitely speak out on some things that are happening, whether you believe in it or not, because you have a voice, right? There's some people out there that, you know, that don't, they have a voice, but like yours is higher. Like you have a huge platform. And I feel like if you're not doing your part in helping the community in any way, shape or form, then you're not really using it to the best of your ability. And then, uh, uh choosing your friends wisely i feel like um a lot of nowadays a lot of people gravitate towards those who have a huge following just for just because of the fact they have a huge following um i feel like you should watch out for those type of people because they'll in the end they could like you know just turn on you like if something were to happen, because I've seen it done before. Um, but yeah, just being open-minded and aware of uh, what's going on, because I mean, you are out there and when you're streaming, you're streaming in front of people. So whatever you do or say, you know, can have some sort of consequence. But I mean, at the same time, you can also be helping people. So it's like, you know, you'll get backlash, but at the same time, you're helping people. And that's really about it. Like just, you know, being open-minded and aware of what you have and what you can give. Yeah. And, and there's something you mentioned, and that was using your platform to do good and to, you know, use it in a positive way. And I think for me, now that we're in our second year of podcasting, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what I want for this to be and how I want to use the platform. And I think it's so important to not only have the experiences with larger content creators, but also to support smaller creators too, and to give them a voice that allows for them to reach a wider audience. Because I think everyone should have an opinion in the game. We're all players who play the game, love the game. And oftentimes I feel like smaller content creators don't get as much of an opportunity or a voice and it's important to have an inclusive platform where everybody can have their moment to speak out and voice their opinion for sure most definitely um i just think right now we're in a uh especially right now like you know there's been a lot of topics that came up um worldwide you know socially i just feel like if you're not doing something or if you're not playing a part in that then not using your platform to your best ability yeah just being open-minded about stuff you know that's uh really well said and you know on that note for a scrub like myself in the crucible, <laughs> what advice would you give for someone looking to get better? Um, I'm not very good at crucible, but I've, you know, I've improved. I've gotten better. 
what advice would you give me and others who are struggling like myself? With stasis being a thing now, um, team shotting is extremely important right now. Um, and positioning. Uh, if you can get your positioning down, when to push, not to push, where to push, uh, you know, cut people off and stuff like that. It won't matter about your individual skill. Um, individual skill comes down to like your ones. And that just comes over time. Like you just playing the game and actively wanting to get your shot better. That just comes with time. But like positioning, communication, and just playing with people that you're uh, really grounded with, that you've played with for a while, you know how they play, you guys sync really well. That's pretty much the key to winning almost any game, uh, FPS-wise. Um, I mean, you can look at all the tournaments that we've had, you know, Panda and a few like others, like, you know, the Dream Team. They always won because they synergize well, communication and positioning. They knew when to push. They communicated. And like, that's all it really comes down to. It's not, there's not, you know, some sort of like, you know, scientific method behind it. It's just realizing your mistakes and then giving feedback on your uh, teammates, preferably not during the game, but after the game on what they could have done better or what you could have done better. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's just, you know, unless you take it very seriously, it's just, you know, it's just a game. Like, I mean, if you take it seriously, cool. If not, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, if you win, you win, you lose, you lose. But like in tournament settings, yeah, like positioning, communication, and that's it. Like, and just finding people that you're well-rounded with. It's good advice. And do you have any favorite weapons or any favorite loadouts that you'd recommend trying? It depends on your playstyle. Um, like, so there's two types of snipers, right? There's aggressive sniping and then there's passive sniping. Um, and they each play a different part in uh, different scenarios. Um, like if you're in like, you know, like let's say trials. Passive sniping is going to be a lot better, holding down lanes, cutting off lanes so people don't get the flank on you. Um, aggressive sniping is more like, you know, casual, like, you know, quick play or something, just putting yourself in certain situations to see if you can pull shots off. Putting yourself under pressure so when the pressure actually comes, you're used to it. Um, shotgunning, uh, same thing. Uh, positioning and then knowing when to push. Um, I know you guys have probably heard the term aping before. Mm. um that that really only works in uh quick play if you look at you know tournaments where you know money's on the line you don't really see a lot of people like just aping going in because they'll get killed and then you know they just gave up a free kill so it makes unless you get a trade other than that like it's just knowing when to push um, but now back to what you were saying before you got cut off, you said you were trying something. Yeah. Do you remember? Um, yes. Yeah. So I've been, I've been using a lot more shotguns in PVP. Uh, yeah. I've been using Felwinter's Lie and that has been, that's probably the best shotgun for me. Um, I don't shotgun as much. Cause, you know, I don't, I'm a sniper main, but when I do shotgun, you have fell winners. 
Are you uh, what class do you play? I'm a hunter main. I've always Hunters? been a hunter main. Well, no, I mean that's good because like I'm. I always recommend people that are shotgunning to use stompies. Um, get in, get out. Stompies, you know, give you that mobility. They give you the quick jump up. That gives you, you know, the nice slide. Um, and then like the second best would be like dragon shadow. I think dragon shadow is better for uh, sniping. You get increased handling, uh, which helps with uh, unflinching. Love dragon and, shadow. Uh, yep, that's and funny. then it reloads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reloads all your weapons and everything too. So with shotgunning, it's it's pretty much the same thing as sniping. Like, I mean, just knowing when to push, not to push, um, sitting corners, even though you know I hate when people, you know, camp. But like it, it's different. Like I said, if you're in QP, ape all you want. But like when it when you're like in a, an actual like competitive sitting, like you have you have to know when to push. Um listen to your callouts, listen to your teammates. Um but yeah, like shotgunning, like at the end of the day, I think the game itself is rather easy when it comes to aiming and all that. I know I say that, but like when you think about it, like, you know, if you compare this to like, you know, I don't know, like uh, Counter-Strike or something, Counter-Strike is way harder in my opinion. Like, you know, there's not aim assist, there's not bullet mag, there's not anything helping you get the kill. Whereas, like, in this game, you know, bullets tend to gravitate towards people instead of away. But uh, it's just all positioning and knowing when to push. It just comes down to all of that. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the communication aspect of it because, for me, I found that the time when I did the best in the Crucible was when we had a very cohesive team where we really communicated at every step of the way because it gives you a level of awareness that you don't otherwise have that really puts you at a disadvantage when you're playing, especially competitive multiplayer and trials and some of the more challenging activities where you're playing against people who are just good. Yeah, Um, I mean... That has helped. I mean, you guys know MLG and Halo, right? You know, you have no radar, so... I think honestly, that's where a big part of communication comes from is like, for me, at least since I, I did dabble in MLG, um, not having a radar. Yeah, yeah. Not having a radar. Um, he, you, you're, you're basically cut off. So like you really have to rely on your teammates callouts. So it's like if someone's not calling out anything, you're literally just running around. Like you don't know who's behind you. You don't know anybody like you might see the one your teammates dead if he doesn't call out where you got shot from or like who killed them, you don't, you, you just, you're blind. And then so everything pretty much just collapses when you don't have com- communication is the biggest thing when it comes to FPSs. Like if you don't have a team that communicates what they're doing, when they're pushing, who they got killed by, what they got killed by, where it came from, like you're pretty much, you're blind. Like even if you do have a radar, like, you know, someone gets sniped and he doesn't call out where he gets snipes from you push the same lane you're gonna get sniped too you know so it's like stuff like that it's a good point yeah so you mentioned something really interesting and that's halo mlg yeah you know, how, um, how are you involved with that that's really interesting oh not not like i didn't like go to tournaments or anything i was way too young when that when that came out i would think i was like 14 or 15 and i was like in high school I didn't have a license, but like the MLG playlist for Halo 3, like I, that's pretty much all I played in. In that, like, 
if you don't have good teammates that you synergize well it's just the same thing as like trials um if you don't have you know good teammates that you know that you've played with for years know how you play all outs like it's just not gonna work whatsoever because the other team is going to take advantage of that and they're just going to dominate that's what i liked about halo 3 like they would have these tournament like weeks and things Mm -hmm. like that and you would just jump in and you play with your buds and try to do your best you know and um it was it it was a lot of fun it kind of reminded me of uh clan wars for call of duty a little bit um and that's kind of like what i liked about halo 3 because i you know i would play in those like tournaments that you could just literally just play from your home and uh-huh. that's what was it's so cool uh, about it. like you guys know face it right for destiny face, uh, it. face it it's pvp it's like a it's a bracket based pvp centric uh i can i don't think i've heard of that i have not heard of it before so you ever heard mm-hmm. of face it I mean, it's almost, it's like, uh, it's where you, I mean, you always call them sweats, but it's where the sweats pretty much play at. Like all the best people play and face it. Um, It's 3v3. It's just like when people hold tournaments, like pretty much all the best people play and face it. And it's just like a ladder base. Um, You climb up the ladder, you play with, you know, you can't play with a team. You go in solo, I think you go in twos and you get matched up with random people depending on your rank or whatever. Then you guys just play. And the Halo 3 had something similar. You'd think what I think it was Battlegrounds. And it was a ladder the same way as Face It is. But with Battlegrounds, you actually had a team. And like you would just go up and dead depending on how well you did. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you guys never heard of Face It. Yeah, Face It's been around for a while. They do uh I think that's CSGO's biggest like thing is uh Face It. Yeah, I just never heard of that. I mean, I've heard the idea of the ladders and, I, you know, obviously they have the tournaments for, you know, Destiny yeah. and hold those, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I I was very familiar with the Halo ones, you know, playing Halo 3 um, to, at the time. And uh, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun doing that because it was just like, I don't know, it was just like, it was just playing with your buds and trying to get better and, you know, it's... It was just a lot of fun, I guess. Yeah, you know? it's extremely rewarding when you see yourselves yeah. getting better and better and better. It's climbing up the ladder, you know, your yeah. rank getting higher and, you know, you getting better. And yeah. Very cool. Well, um, I know we have a few more things to talk about before we dive into the developer update. And we just had the Game Awards and we, we briefly talked about this before the show. Um, but I'm curious, did you get a chance to check out the Game Awards? I haven't. I was, at, I was at work when it happened, so like, if it, I didn't get, I, I mean, I, I, who won Game of the Year? It was The Last of Us Part 2. Mm-hmm. What were the nominations? It was like Hades, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. I think, I think that was it. There was like five no- nominees. There might have been one more, but that. I so think that out was of it. out of that, Final Fan. I'm, I'm not big fans of remakes. Um, I don't think they should qualify to be Game of the Year or anything like because it's just like the same game, but you're just improving the graphics. I do agree with you on that. I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, 
Animal Crossing, that was huge. I don't play that stuff, but like I know a lot of people that did. Um, mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima, like that game is visually stunning. That game, if Last of Us Two didn't win, like I would not like go, like Ghost of Tsushima. Like that would be my game of the year. It um, looks really nice on PS Five too, and it plays in sixty frames. But so I feel like there's a lot nice. of games that came out this year that just that weren't nominated that should have been nominated and i can't think of them um i guess uh maybe ori will of the wisps could have been one of them um I, that? I heard that was a ori in the blind forest the the sequel to ori in the blind forest called ori and the will i've of never I'm, yeah, i've never heard it, of that it's a it's a microsoft franchise um mm. well, well they i believe they are a yeah they're a microsoft studio they're an indie studio. I think they're called Moon Studios is the that developed the game, but they develop uh, you know, with for Microsoft. And um they brought the game to the Switch too as well. But I guess another one that could have been you know possible was the Microsoft uh the the flight simulator. The Microsoft because uh. that game is visually impressive. The fact that like and you have to have a really strong PC to run that because that will just chew up your graphics card in your processor um, it. it has to render that whole world was yeah, Death Stranding this year was Death Stranding uh, this year or last, last year? year it was last year okay i was gonna say so, so i have a love-hate relationship with death stranding because i think the game is really really great it's really well put together a lot of really fun stuff in that game however the game does not run really well on playstation 5 it still runs in 30 frames and I don't know, that kind of grinds my gears. I don't think a game okay. should run in 30 frames on next gen consoles. That shouldn't be a thing. And I think the developers need to do a better job at optimizing their games to run better on next gen consoles, because even playing games on my Nintendo switch, it's like, it feels, I don't know. It feels old. It feels like it's dated technology that, you know, hopefully will get updated next year. But time will tell. Like I'm uh, through the uh, Game Awards and it, fe- I fe- it seems like Last of Us just pretty much swept the whole. Yeah, they won like seven or eight <laughs> awards. They, they just swept the tell. whole thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Very divisive game, too. Very very controversial i never i never got into it i heard it but it had some elements to it that were pretty controversial but i never got into it i mean i have it i'm gonna eventually play it here and you know unfortunately because i love the first game i'm gonna be i'm probably gonna be pretty critical when i play this because i just i know some of what happens and i'm also kind of against what they did a little bit too best action adventure the last of us got that that beat ghost of tsushima and assassin's creed that's crazy the fact that it beat a ghost of tsushima is kind of like yeah that's, it is crazy. that's insane because i what i've played two hours of that game um it is a visually striking beautiful game um what they're able to do with that you know the the world in that game is just there's just so many like visually stunning images and things like that in it it's it's a very very beautiful very pretty game 
Yeah, I still have to dive into both games. I mean, I, I got Ghost of Tsushima during the Black Friday sales. I picked up The Last of Us Part 2 during the Black Friday sales. And you know, in a way, I've been waiting to pick up those games when I got my PlayStation 5 because I knew that the game would just, they all would run better on next gen. So I've been holding off. But now I'm at a point where it's like, well, I have Cyberpunk. I have new Destiny content. We have the Hawkmoon quest. We have the Dawning happening next week. So I mean, oh, we have yeah. a lot of stuff to play. Um, the armor sets for Dawning look amazing. Like, yeah, can't wait to drop some money on that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna drop money on it just because, you know, I've been I've been spending a lot of money on gaming things this year especially with the next gen consoles coming out. I mean, that's like a thousand dollars right there just on two consoles. Um, And I kind of splurged on video games. I'm sure shadow price did too. And, you know, we we had black Friday here in the States just recently. Did you do any black Friday shopping for video game things? No, I didn't. The only thing I bought like through black Friday and, uh, all that was uh, a weighted blanket. Dude, I got one too. Did you get it from Walmart? I, uh, I, I, no, I got Walmart? it from like I got it from Amazon. Oh, like, I okay. do a lot of online. I do a lot of online shopping, and so like I I, I always go on Amazon, and it was like thirty percent off. I was like, hell yeah! I always hear people talking about these things. Mine's fifteen pounds, so oh, like wow. I I sleep like a baby. That's three more than ours. <laughs> ours yeah, like I got a twelve pound, and it's funny because. Rocky uses it more than I do. He's 11 okay. pounds. He's a tiny little dog. So for perspective, yeah. but I mean, he likes to sleep on top of it. <laughs> of course. Yeah. They never like to get under. They always sleep on top. No, I, I tried putting him under it and he just kind of freaked out. And he was like, gave me that dirty look like dad, what, what'd you do? Come on. <laughs> get with the program. So I, I learned my lesson, but, uh, but yeah, but he's, he's cool. He's a cool dog. So on that note, who in the Destiny community has impacted you the most as a content creator? Um, well, right off the bat, like my right hand man, like the dude that what's funny is that um, I've only known him for like, I think a year and a few months now. Um, his name is Blanhart227X. Um, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's been he's been streaming for six years. He's a D1 vet. Like he's been the same game for as long as I have. And um we linked up last year, I think. I think it was. And like he's the one that got me into streaming. He's the one that like gave me like the motivation to stream. He's the one that helped me set up my OBS. He's the one that helped me set up like literally everything. And he's shared his community with me on multiple occasions and it's like if i have anyone to give back to it's definitely him because without him i don't think i'd be streaming like that's like one of my closest friends and like yeah he's definitely like just helped me like just do what i want to do like and he's always looked out for me so lionheart227x um another I like Nate. I know you guys had Nate on here. Uh, Nathan's saying he's a great guy. Great guy. Yeah, he's he's the meme lord. But like, I, I love Nate. The dude is hella humble and like really respective. And he's hilarious. Oh, my God. 
Like he kills me every time on Twitter. Um, let's see who else. Like there, there's a lot of people out there. I wouldn't say like I really look up to them, but I, I except for Lion Hart, um, I, I respect what they've done and like looking at what they've done, they've helped me in some certain way. Um, Hollow Tide, Hollow Tide, I think is he has. He'll never say it, but he has leadership skills. He he has a good head on his shoulders. And like I really think as a community, he'd be really good as a community leader because he just has like I, I don't know. Just something about him. Like Hollow Tide has always been there for me too. Um, which is why I'm here. Hey, he's the one that huh, put me here. Um and so shout out to him as well. We're glad he recommended you because we're we're having a blast. We're we're really enjoying this. Who else do I look up to or hold in high regard? Um I don't know. Um Cube, Cube and Pitch, the two people that got me into uh Masenko, having families, kids. And still finding time to stream, work, and balancing all that out—that's that to me is just amazing. That to me speaks commitment and like just being a badass. Like if you can balance having three kids or kids in general, a wife, a job, going to school, and working at the same time, uh, definitely. Oh, amazed! Oh my god, how do I forget about amazed? The dude just bleeds positivity. Like when he wakes up, the dude, I watch his videos every single morning just to get that. Like if I'm in a bad mood, motivation, like I just watch his videos and he just motivates me to be better than what I am now. Um, yeah, he's a really, he's a really great dude. Really great dude. And, you know, Amaze, we're actually going to have him on the podcast next year. So I'm very excited to meet him finally. And He's such a positive person in our community. I mean, you totally hit that right on that. Who else? Um, I don't know if you guys know who uh, FPS Crystal is. Um, uh, yeah, she, I've seen her before. She's um, a homie. I love her to death. We have this ongoing thing where we hate each other. We really don't, but like, it's just like a meme at this point. And like, we have one of those relationships where it's like, we just go back and forth and like, she's just, Seeing her grow as a person, like I wasn't there when she first started streaming. I uh, found her through Lionheart. She, uh, she's one of her uh, his good friends. I was just watching her stream, and like that, just you know, we become. I wouldn't say like we're not like you know the closest, but like we're we talk, and it's like I really I appreciate what she's done as well. Especially being sorry, especially being. Um, a woman within you know a gaming community it can be you know and streaming it could be kind of hard uh dealing with you know some hardships and all that so like seeing her strive and succeed in the places that she has i think it's really cool very cool so on that note what's next for you going oh, into 2021 i i i don't ever know I'm more of like, I just take one day at a time. But for me in general, uh, it'd be cool to be partnered on streaming, but like, it's not something that I'm like totally fixated on. 
Um, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. I mean, it's just a check mark at the end of the day. That's how I look at it. It doesn't define who you are. Um, Masenko, I'm really hoping that we still do some big things. And I think we, we have some stuff in the works that I, I'm not obligated to speak on. Um, just being a better evolving like just taking me from this year and being better each and every year and like uh doing a lot of stuff reflecting on what i can do a lot better and uh it's pretty much it just being a better version of me every single you know day or year month whatever um yeah awesome well thank you so much for sharing your amazing journey with us it's been it's been fun learning about you and everything that you have done in our community and let's let's talk a little bit about some of the updates that we got from mr joe blackburn and shadow (laughs) christ i know you were very excited about this because i mean you you just like you could not wait for me to read the update so i think you would be the perfect person to kick this segment off. Now, what exactly did we learn from Joe Blackburn? Well, we learned quite a bit. I mean, it's uh, he, he basically went on to say that uh, Beyond Light was lacking loot in a way. Um, they kind of admitted that it was it wasn't what they were, they wanted to deliver. They wanted to deliver more loot and they weren't able to, unfortunately. Um, So they're trying to, they're trying to make, uh, you know, to correct that mishap, um, to try to give us more rewards, you know, and trying to give us a, you know, a better path at getting them. And, you know, hopefully, you know, also, like staffing up too and getting more people to work on those rewards, said rewards. So. Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. And I, th- I think the okay. rewards were kind of, you know, it was a bit lacking, especially with so many weapons that got sunset. I think it was a little jarring and a little bit, bit of a surprise that, you know, so many things left, but not enough things kind of came back or yeah. were new. <laughs> And I think that created some problems in the game, especially with the loot and the reward aspect of it. I mean, when you sit and think about it, um, so you bought, for the people that did buy the expansions and, you know, the new DLCs and whatnot, like, you literally just wasted money, in a sense, because everything that in the past is now sunset. You can't, I mean, you can use them, and you know quick play or whatever but for high-end content you can't use those weapons so it's like you know all this content that we've paid for is now obsolete and unusable because of sunsetting yeah see i was not a fan of sunsetting before and i'm gonna say it again i'm not a fan of it now because i understand that Bungie is trying to encourage players to try out new weapons and to use different weapons to mix things up, to change the meta. 
However, at the same token, I feel like it's something that's being forced on players, right? And I don't think it should be a forced thing. I think that it should be something where you're given the option and allow for the player to play the way they want to play, right? I think Mm -hmm. the problem that Bungie had was they had to, in a way, cater to people who were upset about getting killed by a specific weapon. But it's like, if I want to use a certain weapon, you shouldn't restrict me with what I'm able to use just because we're in a new season. Like, and I understand that the developers are trying to make things feel fresh, but I think they're going about it the wrong way. Instead of sunsetting, I think they should make more compelling weapons that would make me excited to use something different and something new well that would that was the whole idea behind sunsetting i like which i thought should have been you know i was pro sunsetting only if they would have implemented the right way and obviously they didn't and the the way that you implement it the right way is you bring a lot of new weapons if you're going to sunset 80 80 percent of the weapons in the game you better have a lot of you know loot to make up for that you know deficiency and they didn't and now it's yeah I mean, how many weapons did we get with uh europa like i heard five? total of all the weapons in beyond light 31 and that's not <gasps> wow that is not what? enough that's bad they, they, they sunsetted what how many at like two years of content at least yeah two years of content here's what i don't support and i don't agree with if you're going to take weapons away you don't bring the same weapons back for me to have to chase after the perfect role yep. again. Because that's, to yeah. me, that's not respecting the player's time. Especially that, when the weapons... The, yeah, go ahead. Who? Oh, uh, especially if... Um, I know they don't consider this like an MMO, like RPG type thing, but the game's kind of structured like that. It's where it's a, you know, a looter. If you get something and then later down the road it's not as good but then you replace it with the same weapon it's just like well then let's like well what's the point of that you know like it just defeats the whole purpose you're not excited you're not it that's the thing it kills the excitement too yeah because you've already had that weapon it's like wow why do i want that back unless they're bringing the greatest hits back because i love the d1 weapons i think some of the d1 weapons are some of the best um so i mean we're going to get to that you know what part of their solution is here so like i mean i personally think that there is a way to introduce better weapons without sunsetting anything and the way that you do that is you create new perks on these weapons that are more interesting more exciting and that's the way that you make the old weapons obsolete by introducing perks that you want to chase after that weren't there before I like that. But it's not a it it shouldn't be a matter of forcing me to not have access to the weapons that I have grown to love and use and build as my perfect role because some of these weapons and some of these perks it took a while to grind out to get and you know it's again going back to respecting players time and I think sunsetting does not respect players time. I didn't think it was something that was 
the right move before, and especially now, I'm not for it at all. I mean, let's look at Steady Hand. Iron Banner, uh, Hank Canada, that's out right now. That's a reskin of True Prophecy. True Prophecy is a slightly reskinned version of Better Devils. And then let's just, like, it's three reskins right there that you just put different titles on, you know? So it's like, you don't give us anything new to chase, you just slap a new name on it, but it's the same model. Yeah, and I, and the thing is, I don't have to have everything new because I know that takes a lot of time. And clearly it did because they didn't have time to do it. They didn't bring us the the new weapons. Um, You know, they brought some, but nowhere near as much as like I would hope to have gotten. I don't have a problem with them tapping into the old, uh, you know, nostalgia, like, uh, you know, device and bringing us uh, some of those D1 weapons because you have tons of D1 weapons that you can pick from. You know, and it's like you could even take some blues and make them legendary. You know, there you go. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like you can take the evergreen <clears throat> one, like weapon like from D1. There was another one, the stalker. I think it was called the stalker weapon, the stalker BNGL or something like that. It had that, oh. that lion on it. That was really cool. Um, yeah, there was some really cool, you know, rare weapons and also really cool legendaries. Um, D1. like the Aachen, like the Aachen D2, that's a blue sniper. Uh-huh. I love that sniper. I wish they would make it legendary, but they haven't. They have two they have two types of it. They have the primary and secondary, but like that's it. And like yeah. I wish they would make that because it's one of the only snipers in the game, I think, that has an ambush scope, which is from D1. It's and that is a good short-term solution to you know, if you're having while you're trying to get the staff to make more interesting and new weapons and things like that. You know, just these little things that people do in game development, like look at, for example, do you take enemies and you make them different colors and things like that? You know, you, you put something, change something with them, but, and it's not completely the same, but it's different enough to, you're able to have a little bit new freshness. Yeah. And, I think Iron Banner is a great example of this because they have so many amazing weapons in Iron Banner from Destiny 1. Mm-hmm. And to we this day, this. I mean, we've talked about this in pretty great length, but I don't understand and bring back the Destiny 1 weapons that were so, so good and so special. It, it seems like it would be easier for them to do this, right? And instead, they're putting resources into building more ornaments that don't really matter, in my opinion. I think we have so many ornaments in the game, right? Over the past couple of years, I mean, they've really doubled down on building out Eververse and ornaments and creating a free-to-play version of Destiny, which, in my opinion, I think the game should be accessible to players. But if you're not willing to pay for the game, then there shouldn't be a focus on those players because those players will not really help you to improve the game. It's the players who are paying for content. And I think that's where the focus should be on building out more content for the people who pay for the game. And they can make the game more accessible with cross save and cross play and all these great things. And Hey, maybe even make aspects of PVP free to play or make it, you know, a small fee where if you pay $10, 
you get access to PvP stuff. But I, I think they're trying too much to be like a Fortnite in that respect, where it's like, well, we're going to give you a free-to-play tier, and then we'll have a seasonal ladder, and you can buy microtransactions. In my opinion, I think they should put more focus on charging money for the core game and, and making sure that everybody can have a better experience who are actually paying for the game. Yeah, because I want to know where all this money from the Eververse is going. Because everybody buys ornaments. Like, even if it's just one a one-time thing, people... Like, I mean, with the Donning coming up, you're not going to get that armor that they show from, you know, actually playing Donning. You're going to get it from Eververse. Um, like, almost all the skins that they have in the game, or ornaments, rather, you should be able to get with by playing the game, not spending money. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel. And these things can be part of the end game where, you know, I mean, I think I think they're the business model in itself needs to be kind of adjusted, in my opinion. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel that a free to play version of Destiny wasn't really the best move for the game overall, because that effectively forces them to have to focus on building out more Eververse content where you pay for skins. And I mean, how many people have been focusing on building out skins in the game? And I feel like these are people who could have been working on rewards, weapons, bringing back old weapons, the core content that keeps players engaged in the game. Bringing back 30-some weapons that are new in the game when you sunset so much, to me, that was a pretty big misstep. And I think that in some respects, they did great work with the new expansion. I love Europa. I love the Cosmodrome coming back. These are all great things. The raid is awesome. But at the same time, I feel like there needs to be more depth because you can only keep players engaged for so long before it starts to feel stale. Oh, no, I was just going to compare like this expansion to like Taking King or like in regards to like uh, exotics. There's like 50 exotics that came in with Taking King, but then like there's like how many and this one like there's barely when you look at a full like when you take this long and then you push it back to only get 30 weapons like two armor sets and then like a few exotics it's kind of like i know that they were doing this from their home and like i I respect that like i can't do it and i know that you know they had time restraints and like they don't have the you know resources that they could have if they are actually at their office but i just feel like like comparing this to, you know, Taken King, the Taken King just had, I'm like just way more loot when it dropped. Like, <clears throat> and well, because you had a vendor it, refreshes too, which we don't have. That, yeah. We've never you know? had a vendor refresh. Like the same PvP weapons from the very beginning of Destiny 2 are still being sold. Why? Why isn't there like, yeah. a, like, I mean, we just got new armor, quote unquote. You had the three factions in D1. Yeah. It all got new weapons. You had the Vanguard. You had Crucible. So you had five vendors who got refreshes. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of weapons right there. Yeah, That's like 40, 50 weapons alone just from the vendors. Yeah, and I just wish, like... You... Sorry, go, go ahead, man. No, go ahead. I, I just wish they would, like, instead of focusing on Eververse... 
and making all these ornaments. Instead, make the ornaments, put them in the game. No cost at all. Just make it earnable by playing the game and then use the rest of your resources by improving the core game. If you're going to make this a looter shooter, there has to be loot. If there's no loot that defeats the whole core. Like that, that's like the core. Like You just have no core at that point. Like if you have nothing to build upon, you know, like which is loot, then like nobody's good. Like that's that's what brings people in new loot. If you don't have any new loot, or if you get the all drive, the loot within, there's yeah, no incentive. Like, yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. just they it, didn't they even uh like advertise it to be like you know a crap ton of loot. Like there's gonna be you know a surplus of you know content. Um, but, I don't think they did. I think they focused more on showing off the exotics. And, you know, that's to me, that was a red flag that, you know, there's probably not a lot of new weapons in the game. And I had that same feeling about the game before it was even released. I I think they knew they had to do this, though. Like, I think part of it was, you know, just development time and things like that. I mean, they already delayed it. They had to delay it out of from September to November. Luke Smith went on record when that, you know, when he was interviewed that this was not going to be as big as uh, Forsaken. It was going to be slightly bigger than Shadow Keep, but not as big as Forsaken, you know. And you can, I kind of expect the loot to be that way too. But so with Joe Blackburn coming out with this uh, rewards update, this was almost like intentional. Like, like, yes, we didn't have, like, he basically says the initial reward pool with this release was just too small, you know, and it says it's just frustrating to be playing destiny and see another player use a weapon that is no longer obtainable in the game. So then why did you sunset those weapons? That wasn't something they had to do. That was the intentional decision they made. And if they knew that there weren't going to be enough weapons in the game that are being introduced, they should not have done the sunsetting. It should not have been done at that point. To be a little fair, they talked about sunsetting back in 2019 before pandemic this year has changed so many timelines. So many games have got delayed so many things, but they could have delayed sunsetting as a thing until next year. If this was going to be the case, we can all agree on that. They could have, they could have, you know, but we're not, we're not Bungie. You know, we, we don't, we don't make the game, you know, like we're not, we're not game developers. We can only, you know, give our opinions and things like that, you know. No, but we, but vote we, with we our don't know how to code. Play the game. We, we sure. do vote with our wallets. Yes, that's true. But, you know, at the same time, I think we have to, you know, kind of just, we have to be a little, you know, we have to see it from both sides, you know, definitely see it from, you know, the side, the fact that the sun setting was a mistake or they did not implement, they didn't implement it correctly. I feel like that's the, biggest like thing here that sunsetting was not implemented correctly and I in a perfect i guess i was gonna say in a perfect world then you know it would have um we wouldn't have had this pandemic happen this year and maybe they could have done a better job with the sunsetting you know maybe they could have made more weapons and things like that um unfortunately they weren't able to and, you know, they, they want to try to correct it. You know, they're trying to, with this rewards update, they're trying to give us a little bit of a inside baseball look at what they're trying to do to improve this going forward. 
Joe also says that with each season in year four, Destiny 2 will grow the overall power ecosystem for weapons. And then with a few exceptions, all weapons you can take to the power cap should still be earnable in game. And that future annual annual releases will contain more new weapons to collect than Beyond Light or Shadow Keep. So they're trying to trying to make a commitment. It's it's been a rough year for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? And I guess I'm very empathetic of that. I have empathy just because, you know, everybody's been affected. And then, you know, in some areas more than others. Seattle was one of the first places to get hit in the US with the pandemic. So, I mean, I do have empathy because I can only imagine how hard it is to develop. I'm grateful for what uh, we got. And I have empathy. I I feel them. I, I just don't think some of the decisions that were made to do the sunsetting was necessary right now. I, I don't think those were the right decisions because ultimately I don't think it's a matter of not having enough time. I just think it's poor decision-making and everybody's going to have a different opinion on this, right? This is just my opinion, but I think that I'm okay with everything. I'm okay. But with this year ha- is the biggest curveball in the history of yeah. like anything. We have never, we haven't experienced anything like this in our lifetimes. So, I mean, it's just like, I see it for that aspect. Yeah. Of course I wanted more, but am I understanding? Yes, I am. And then Joe is also trying to make, make things a little better for, you know, giving us a more delivery of weapons. I'm sure they all are. They all are trying their best. No one on the development team is coming into work feeling like well we want to give the players they're not trying to shortchange customers like they're not trying to shortchange customers so quickly let's let's briefly run down season 13 and what changes will be coming to the game in season 13 according to joe blackburn well first off he says that they're going to be adding six new legendary weapons to the ritual activities Two each for strikes, gambit, and crucible. So that's one more for each activity next season than we got this season. So that's that's good. That's a good positive change. And that in addition to the weapons above, nightfall strikes are getting three unique weapons with palindrome, the swarm, and my baby, the shadow price, all making their destiny two debuts. So, and also in the Grandmaster Nightfalls, you're going to be able to get a chance at getting the adept versions of these weapons. And that is awesome. That's a reason to run the Grandmaster Nightfall, in my opinion, because I want an adept shadow price. I don't know what you guys are, what, what your guys' take is on this. Yeah, I mean, I think these are great things, personally. I think we, we need a reason to play more difficult versions of the Nightfalls, and this definitely is it. It depends, like, um, so these adept versions, like, if they have a... Because me and a few of my other friends, I mean, because we're supposed to get adept versions of Trials weapons, but mostly everybody, and I'm speaking from, like, a PvP standpoint, um, almost everybody runs uh, Icarus Group. Unless you make us have a different uh, mod slot, give us, like, two mod slots, and the adept versions have their own adept, like, mods... Nobody's going to use those adept mods because Icarus Grip in PvP is just 
king. Like having in-air accuracy elevates your gameplay so much more. So I'm hoping with these adept weapons for PVE or like what you get from the Grand Master Nightfalls, you have two mod slots. One, like let's say you could put backup mag on something, and then your adept mod slot comes with its own mod. Do you know what I mean? Like you have you can use two different mods so that you can stack backup mag and like let's say, I don't know, rampage spec or whatever, if that turns out to be an adept mod. Does that make sense? A little bit. Like, uh, it's hard to explain because I know unless it only comes with one mod slot, I don't think that adept weapons are going to be as impactful as they should be. Like, let's say you get a palindrome or, I don't know, something from the Nightfall, and it's an adept version, but all it does is adds, like, extra range or whatever. That's not really anything now uh, like if the diversions has an extra mod slot that has I, I think it's gonna i think it's gonna have an extra mod slot i see now that, that would be pretty cool because then you can mix it up that would change up the meta for pve in an extreme way like having back a mag on like you know i don't know whatever and then having another mod that increases your damage that's only for adept weapons like i think that would change up the whole pve meta quite a bit I think it might have an intrinsic perk too that they might, you know, cool. put in there as well. Yeah. Kind of like how they did for trials for uh D1 where they had um what? One there was some perk that was already automatically on those oh last resort I think it was or something like that. I think that'd be yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. But I also want to speak about I know Hawkmoon just came out um but that's supposed to be randomly rolled. And like, but there's no way to, as we know right now, there's no way to get it randomly rolled in any way in the game. So you guys have Hawkmoon, right? Uh, I haven't done the quest yet. We've been waiting to do it, but it's been a really busy week and weekend. <laughs> um, well, spoiler, I apologize. Um, there's a, one of its perks is called Transformative, and uh, it says future weapon drops of this weapon will roll with random perks. And like it can come with like killing wind, uh, opening shot, uh, moving target, and some other stuff like that. But they never gave us a way to actually farm that. So I'm like, I'm hoping that changes as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm sure they're going to introduce paths to get the random rolls. It's it's been a crazy year, and I'm sure that they rushed a lot of things in the game that they were trying to bring forth. So. I, I understand. I have compassion there, and I totally understand that not everything is going to be introduced in the game right away. Yeah, I mean, and Joe Blackburn did yeah. say that you know they are going to double down on the rewards. They're going to hire new developers to build out new weapons in the game, but these aren't changes that we'll see until the Witch Queen and Lightfall, in most cases. And I understand that. You know, that's. To be expected. But we also know season 14 is going to be exciting because we will get DDoS protection in Destiny 2 on consoles. So that's going to be a positive change. Transmog is coming in season 14. The Vault of Glass is coming back in season 14, I presume. Crossplay yes. is coming in 2021. That's an exciting one. What do you, what do you guys think about crossplay? Yes. Um, 
So I have one big thing. I said this, like when I saw, because some people tweet this out about crossplay, the biggest thing for me coming from a PvP standpoint, um, cheaters. Con this, I, this is going to sound like kind of mean, but like I hope the console players get to experience what us PvPers have gone through for the past, this will be what, two years when this comes out as far as cheating goes. And I hope it gets highlighted so therefore Bungie actually creates an anti-cheat. Because if you have console players going against cheaters on PC with crossplay, they're not going to be happy. And console's a pretty big, you know, chunk of their player base. If your biggest chunk of your player base isn't happy because of something that's on PC, and then now that they're playing it, like that's gonna throw some red flags. Like, so I'm hoping, like, not to sound mean, but like, I hope they get to experience what we've experienced in like, you know, trials, comp, QP, or whatever, all these people cheating, so that now they know what we're going through. And now then Bungie has to do something about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. But no, crossplay in general, uh, crossplay in general, adding more players, like we've talked about this already, being able to play with your friends on a different console or linking up with friends that you haven't played with in years because of, you know, console issues or, you know, there's no crossplay. That's going to be amazing. That's just going to open doors for more possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then lastly, we did learn that we have some new strikes coming back in season 13 the fallen saber and the devil's lair devil's lair i'm really excited about because that's you know it's the first strike that we played so i think it's going to be a welcoming change um i'm curious if we get sepix perfected music or if we get the original sepix give us music. both I versions i was I, I'd yeah <laughs> i think that'd be great that'd yeah. be that'd be pretty awesome and then also the legendary and master lost sectors will now include lost sectors on the moon in season 13. And we're getting three new pieces of exotic armor to chase. So I'm really happy to see them doubling down on the rewards and the loot and giving us more stuff to chase because ultimately that's at its core, what destiny is, right? That's what yeah, the destiny experience sure. is about chasing after loot. And I, I do have to ask on that note, we do have a tradition on the show where we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls, but we're going to rate the developer <laughs> update in the form of spicy tuna between one and five, one being not so good spicy tuna and five being amazing spicy tuna. So as our guest, Schlumped, how would you rate the developer update in the form of spicy tuna between one and five? I would say probably a four because the communication is there. Uh, they know that where they've messed up. They know what they need to do. Um, my only thing is that I hope they double down on it and I hope they continue with this communication um, because like that's massive. The more you communicate with your player base, the more feedback you get, the easier it is to commit and you know change things. So I'm I'm pretty happy. Um, I'm just hoping they can commit to it and uh, keep out keep up the uh, communication. I'm gonna make this short and sweet. 
Uh, I'm going to give it a five uh, because uh, my baby's coming back, Shadow Price. Um, so uh, you could have told me I was getting like green eggs and ham. And, but if a Shadow Price is with it, I'm giving it a five. So um, that's uh, what I wanted. That's what I've wanted ever since. And, you know, seeing D1 weapons come back is really exciting. And the fact that I'm glad that he put this update out uh, right before Bungie went on, um, you know, holiday too to kind of ease the player base a little bit. Yes, yeah. I agree with that. And I agree with Shadow Price. I mean, I would give it a five because they're proactively addressing the things that we wanted for them to address. I love that we're getting new strikes, well, returning strikes from Destiny 1. That's always a positive change. And I am hopeful with the reward changes that are coming in the game in the future and maybe they're not coming in the soon, too distant future, but we are getting these changes coming. And I'm glad that Bungie is thinking about these things because they are important to maintaining a positive player experience. So I'm going to give it a five. And, and Guardians, on that note, thank you so much, Schlumpt, for joining us tonight on the podcast. It was such a pleasure to have you on and to podcast together and to learn about you and your journey and also dive into some of the developer updates that we got. And before we let you go, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Uh, well, first off, thank you for having me. Um, being my first podcast, this is really enjoyable. I actually had a lot of fun. I was nervous, you know, at first, but, you know, as soon as I got to start talking to you guys and, you know, shooting stuff back and forth, I felt really comfortable. Um, you guys can just, uh, my socials, I, I don't really use Instagram that much, but Twitter is just, you know, twitter.com slash real slumped. And then my Twitch is, you know, twitch.tv slash slumped. And that's, you know, that's pretty much it. Awesome. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and on the Destiny Show podcast. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast on every major podcasting platform. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and now on Amazon Podcast. We have some exciting things planned for next year. So thank you, Guardians, for joining us on twitch.tv slash the Destiny Show. Ever you listen to podcasts, destinyshow.com or twitter.com slash the destiny show. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you all Thursday. And we're going to dive into the last weekly update of the year. And we're going to have another special guest on the show. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we hope you have a great rest of your week. Good night, everyone. Bye bye.
Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big. 